0: You ever been felt up by a ghost? No.
1: <laughs> That's just you.
0: It's pretty fun. No.
2: Why to... am I feeling somebody's toes against my upper thigh right now, Rick? <laughs> You're the one sitting across from
1: me. I feel like, like, I feel like Rick, when he was younger, would be like, yeah, yeah, no, I've done that. I mean, with a ghost.
2: Small Town Scuttlebutt is
3: sponsored by
1: Mario's Lawn Care. Proven, prompt, and proficient. Leave it to the pros at Mario's Lawn Care. And Park Street Books. Don't let the name fool you. They're actually on Main Street. And Royal Pizza. Buy two large or four small pizzas and get a Greek salad free. When it's time for pizza, it's time for Royal Pizza.
4: Here it comes right on time. (laughs) The super spooky small town scuttlebutt Halloween special. (laughs) Listen, if you dare.
0: Recording from a basement in a small town somewhere in the United States of America. Here's Rick Fink Jr., Mike Page, and Kathy Ferris. Wow. That was the scariest thing since The Ring. That whole intro. That was pretty good. I got goosebumps.
2: So... Uh, Yeah, when you first mentioned doing a Halloween episode, I immediately reached out to my friend George Russell III. He's an incredible musician that I know. My nephew
1: William also sent in his own rendition of this. Sure, it was Dixieland. Sure, it was off-key. And sure, it was on a keyboard. But we're not going to hear that in this episode, are we? No. No, No, because we support artists only if they're talented.
0: (laughs) Okay, so um, no, I like that introduction. That was fun. Yeah, it was great. Um, Mike put together this first special of Small Town Scuttlebutt, centered around Halloween, and then along with us, completing the trifecta, is Kathy Ferris, Boston comedian and neighbor and friend and co-host of the show, and sitting in with us today, back um, for the Halloween special. This is her favorite holiday of the year. You might remember we had Erica Cody. Uh, the teen librarian at the Medfield Public Library. She's here with us. (laughs) Louis Tully from Ghostbusters is here. Louis, how's it going, buddy?
3: Oh, not so great, Rick, because before I came over here, I stopped down at the grocery store there. What's it called? The brother's place. And they don't have pimento loaf. I've been looking everywhere for it, and i got to tell you, Rick, I can't find it anywhere anymore. I don't know when people stopped eating it, but I still enjoy it. Oscar Meyer, I know, makes a good okay, one. Okay, okay, okay. Hey, you
0: know what, Lewis? Uh, you're looking really good despite um, a little dust-up in New York City uh, about a week ago. Someone punched you in the face? Oh, yeah, no, I heard about that. That wasn't me,
3: though. That was another guy. He looks a lot like me. But, no, that was, that's a huge misunderstanding, but it happens
0: all the time. I totally get it. No worries there. Okay. So what's going on uh, with you, Kathy? Anything new? You getting excited for Halloween?
1: I am on the fence about Halloween. One, because I got a really good deal on big bars at Costco, and I don't want to give them out. So I'm thinking I'm not going to decorate. I, I have not decorated because I don't want to invite people over. Um, but I don't know. Now, I guess I wasn't prepared for traditionally,
0: that. your house is one of the most festive-looking. Thank you. Abodes. Thank you, Jeff. In the neighborhood,
1: will be very happy that you said that.
0: Mm-hmm, but he doesn't want to do it this
1: year. No, no, he does. He does, um, and it's a bone of contention right now. Remember last week, roller coaster, bone of contention. So,
0: mm-hmm. Kathy, deputy of the fun police, is Me? putting the kibosh on this.
1: Um, well, first of all, I think I am pretty fun, um, and yes, I'm putting the kabosh. I I probably won't. He'll do it anyway. Sure.
0: Mike says he has funny stories about, or interesting stories from Halloween's past.
2: Yeah, so what do you want to hear about? I could tell you you about my, uh, I could tell you a horror story from kindergarten and first grade Halloween parades. I could tell you, (laughs) Kathy
0: just, (laughs) oh
1: no, because I know this one, I think. Yeah, yeah, you do, yeah. You should tell it.
0: Okay, so. (laughs) Can you play some scary music? The year is
1: 1988.
2: I'm in kindergarten, preparing for my kindergarten Halloween parade. Miss Kishel said, boys and girls, if anybody needs to use the bathroom, you should use the bathroom. And I was like, no way Miss Kishel, this Halloween parade is getting started and I am going to be Roger Rabbit. I have this wonderful plastic mask that slices through my face with the horrible elastic band on the back and I've got my red overalls. This is going to be amazing. So I put my Halloween costume on. I'm all ready for the parade. We're lining up in the uh, school gymnasium, uh, waiting and waiting and waiting. Seemingly nothing's going on. And I'm, I'm like, what what's happening here? Finally, we're ready to go. At this point, I'm like doing the cross-legged pee-pee dance. <laughs> I gotta go but the Halloween parade's starting. I'm not gonna go to the bathroom now, only an idiot would do that, I'd miss the whole thing. Consequently, I peed my Roger Rabbit overalls, mm-hmm. Miss Kischel immediately noticed it, and sent me to the nurse's office where I spent the entirety of the Halloween parade, changing into a pair of ill-fitting sweatpants that didn't belong to me. Mm-hmm. And my parents are there to watch the parade, wondering why I'm not in the Halloween parade with Miss Kischel's class. I was in the nurse's office changing. <laughs> uh, but then in first grade, <laughs> the year is 1989. <laughs> I'm in first grade. The Halloween parade is happening. We're walking through the parking lot. This Now this is my first Halloween parade because as you recall, the kindergarten <laughs> one, I missed it. So mm-hmm. presumably we were on the same route as the previous year, but I wouldn't know. We're walking through the parking lot. And we pass by a gold sedan that spontaneously bursts into flame because they parked in the grass over a bunch of dry leaves. And this was like a car fire, like <laughs> legit car fire. I'm six and I was like, whoa, never seen that before. What is going on? And like the, it was chaos. Parents, kids, teachers, everybody's screaming, Nobody kept their cool. This was like an example of what not to do in an emergency. I don't think anybody behaved the way they should have. Like if you were doing a safety video, this would have been the before. Just
0: chaos, everyone running. That sounds like
1: the best Halloween parade I've ever been to. I have a spooky one. You ready? Yeah. The year was 2005. I was a room parent, and I went into my, my daughter Jessica's room, and we as a family decided to dress as the Scooby-Doo gang. I was Velma, it didn't take much to be Velma. <laughs> I walk into the room and the teacher is Cinderella and the other room parent is an exotic witch and I thought, this is exactly what high school is like. End of story. Wow. <laughs> I thought
2: was- you were gonna
4: say exotic dancer. <laughs> yeah, I, well and I was
2: gonna say, was she exotic? Is that your polite way of saying she was a trashy witch?
1: Yeah, <laughs> sexy witch, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You go to Party City, you get sexy witch.
0: Every day after after Thanksgiving, I go to, to pick up the mail, and in the mailbox, there's always two or three empties just from parents that don't want to litter.
1: <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. Like every
0: every Every parent's walking around with solo cups or beer bottles.
2: Wait, you said Thanksgiving. You meant Halloween, though? Yeah. Yeah. It's understandable
0: how you yeah, I was like, Black though. Friday is really yeah. serious. Okay. I just love all the holidays. All these holidays are awesome. Okay, so Erica's here, and um, it looks like she got another tattoo. If you remember, I'll tell you. She's got this eclectic look. She colors her hair. She has tattoos, upper arms of like spooky things. It's called a sleeve, Rick. Her sleeve has jack o' lanterns, a dead woman. Um, a, a, you should scarecrow. be a commentator. That's called the scarecrow. <laughs> a scarecrow. Scarecrow, a scary house, cupcake, with cupcake. spiders <laughs> on it. Those yeah. Are bats. And now you have something else over here on your shoulder. What's going on?
4: Oh no! Actually, I was attacked <gasps> by a three-foot cat. I'm going to use that joke: again. <laughs> three-foot cat levitating uh-huh. wasn't harnessed properly. So <laughs> no, I'm uh, I'm in the process of a cover-up of a kitchen tattoo.
0: <laughs> what What is a kitchen tattoo?
4: It's when you make poor decisions in life Ooh. and allow somebody to tattoo you in a kitchen.
0: No kidding.
4: Slash living room of your sister's first apartment on her. What? she vouched for this guy mm-hmm. <laughs> Rick, this is
2: sort of like the gentrified version of a prison tat <laughs>
0: yeah exactly kinda, kinda. you, know, you
1: right. know what i love about this is normally on a podcast we have to you know warn people about things and what we should tell parents is that they should be listening in because this is a cautionary tale well it is
4: and i do tell my teens when they because stick and poke tattoos have come back in style um and then if you don't know what that is that's if when you fashion your own needle and with like your own ink, and you stick—literally stick and poke—a tattoo on yourself. Oh, I
1: thought that was for prisoners. Um, so no, that's
4: a—that's a big thing with teens right now. Um, oh. Do you condone this? I do not condone no. it at um, all. You, you
0: shouldn't. No.
4: So um, I tell—I I actually had a teen that did this, and I was mortified, and I, and they thought it was cool, and that I would think it was cool when they showed me, and I'm like,
1: mm. ah! was yeah. it infected?
4: No, it was actually, didn't come out that bad, but I told them like, you know, you really need to think about what you want because it's gonna be on you. Well, technically it's gonna be on you forever. But I told them like, even I was 25 when I got this and now I'm covering it up at 36. Mm -hmm. So like, you're not gonna be the same person you are 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. And even if you you think this was cool (laughs) and it was just a blue blob. (coughs)
0: Erica, you are really good at, like, researching. That's something you like to do. So we put you to task and said, um, go and go research something for the Halloween special. So what did you come up with?
4: I found the story of Medfield's first murder mm-hmm. very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it also ties into Halloween. Um, it's spooky. There's some things you could visit later.
5: Uh
4: Oh, I, play, I get the soundtrack some, too. Should we play music for you? I it? mean, I'm not a children's librarian, so I can't do like a cool. I'm not a good storyteller. Oh, make, make this,
0: <laughs> You're mean, a
1: very good storyteller. <laughs> yeah. I also think Rick didn't set this up well because first of all, thank you. We first met on this podcast, yeah, and we bonded immediately. And I bond with no one except <laughs> the beg. <laughs> the person who bags at Shaw's, mm-hmm. or an iotite. Anyway, <laughs> we bag, We clicked immediately on murder, and we started talking about this. We are doing several projects together, and I'm excited about this one because you really sold me on. This is the first murder in Medfield.
4: Yes, um, but I do, I did not do the deep dive. I want to give credit to Rob Gregg and Richard Disorder. Mm-hmm. So um, in 1802, Uh, there was a murder that occurred in, I believe, August, and it was with, it had to do with the Mason and Allen families. Uh, Asa Mason, Mason had his own farm, uh, in the northeastern part of Pine Street at the Dover line. So today that property would be at the end of Overfield Drive. Um, at age 75, he was not in good health. Uh, he was showing memory loss, fatigue. Uh, and normally, his, the oldest son would be called upon to take control of the, the property. But his oldest son, Ebenezer, had a history of being mentally unstable. They also had another son that was also declared insane. So I don't know what's going on in that Do you family. think Ebenezer
1: was <laughs> declared unstable because of his name?
4: I, I mean, so. <laughs> it, it, it didn't help. It did not help. <laughs> no. So instead of turning it over to his oldest son, his will turned it over to his son-in-law, who William Pitt, Pitt Allen, who married his daughter, Kezia. Kezia? Mm-hmm. Um, it's K-E-Z-I-A, which I don't know where that mm. comes from in 1802, but yeah. it's very, uh-huh. very unique. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that enraged Ebenezer. He was not having this. <laughs> Um, and then in May of, May 18th, 1802, the two men were fertilizing the fields, um, and Ebenezer just came up behind William Pitt Allen and just bludgeoned him to death with a shovel.
0: <laughs> Ooh, like <laughs> yes. crime and punishment. Mm. Yeah,
4: and, uh, he, he just beat him, and then he fled. Wow. Now, William Pitt, Pitt Allen's son, Reuben, who was 14 at the time, is the first guy, the first person that came upon his body.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, so... He was called as a witness for this trial. They did apprehend uh, Ebenezer. He was convicted in August, and he was convicted in the Dedham Superior Court and was hanged on October 7th. Ooh, wow. Yes. Um, Mason's body was returned to Medfield. He is buried in Vine Lake Cemetery. Uh, you can look up what grave number he is. There's some pictures online that uh, Rob Gregg and Richard DeSorger uh, graciously put online. hmm um but the story does not end there. uh well, actually, and also, I want to say a few quotes that from Ebenezer before he he had a interview with a local uh newspaper reporter a few days before he was hanged, and the newspaper reporter did not like him, and he made sure in his article to make it make it known that he did not like this guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. um so he said basically like you know, uh. Why, why, why did you kill him? And he's like, because he was bad. And, and, you know, he was a bad guy, and nobody is missing him for me killing him. Mm-hmm. But Hold on. Let me find out. Because That's he was a- an ugly, bad man. I could not live with him. He had no business there to get to my father's farm and my interest into his own hands. I had tried long enough to get him away and did not wish to hurt him.
2: That's a pretty airtight defense. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Plus
1: it's truth and like I like the truth in the in the media back then. Mm-hmm. He also
4: claimed that the Bible says, "He who worketh in the field on the Sabbath day shall be put to death and I have known Alan to go into the field on the Sabbath day with his team, load hay and get it into the barn. This is also the truth." So, Well, there is, you go.
1: That is also. He should have led with that. <laughs> yeah.
4: And then he was mm-hmm. his reply was, "I am sorry that I killed Bill Allen. People make so much noise about it." Did not, <laughs> he did not know why.
0: What was his last meal?
4: Oh, his last meal, he refused. He just wanted bread and water, and then refused. refused. Um,
0: what a stubborn jerk.
4: So they they brought him with, like, four different reverends up to the gallows, mm-hmm. um, and they had prayers, and then they offered him wine on the gallows. He refused that, as he did with his dinner. Did he have a reason? Um, He was begging for his life the entire time he was on the gallows. He Was really he crying? Blubbering. They said they made a point to say he was not crying. Okay. He was wringing his hands, yep, um, and just begging for his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they put the hood over him, um, and then he—they gave him a can. Uh, they asked him if he had any last words. He didn't say anything. So they gave him a handkerchief to drop when he was ready, and he wouldn't do that. So uh, they <laughs> probably just, because he had a death grip on. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. So. Mason, then holding by the rope that goes over the pulley, desired that he would not, as he should certainly fall. These were about the last words he was heard to utter. The last moment arrived, the signal was given, and the wretched Mason launched into the world of spirits. Unfortunately, the new rope purchased for the occasion gave way as Mason dropped. (laughs) So it doesn't seem like it was a quick death for Mr. Ebenezer um
1: that's that's even worse Mm -hmm. yeah let's do it again
4: (laughs) but his his luck did not did not change for the better even in death (laughs) so on halloween night 1802 two grave robbers crept into vine lake cemetery no um and dug up mr ebenezer's body okay (laughs) and stole it uh town officials were stunned and selectmen quickly appointed a committee to prosecute the body wait
0: medfield's Put together a committee. That's so mm-hmm. crazy. Like mm-hmm. some things just never change. No.
4: <laughs> the selectmen were on it, and they put together a committee.
0: Yeah, of course they did. Like this town, like we're looking for a mascot. We should just be the Medfield committees. <laughs> yeah, you know.
1: Oh, that would be good. It would be good. Yeah, and yeah. and our mascot could be red tape. <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. the the Medfield like those,
4: body snatcher yeah. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, so they found two guys: a uh, Jonathan Sprague of Dedham and a Zadik Howe of Franklin. I don't know where these names are coming from. Mm-hmm. 1802. Um, yeah, yeah, 1802. Well, 1788. So they were both so they were both apprehended, and Mason's body, decayed body, was recovered. Uh, Sprague and Howe were brought up on charges and sentenced to appear in Dedham court. There was one principal witness named Royal Sales. <laughs> Wow. Um, Yeah, royal sales. No
0: relation to royal pizza.
4: (laughs) No relation to royal pizza.
0: Keep those separate.
4: Um, He had knowledge of the body snatching, but he mysteriously vanished. Nobody could find him when it was time to testify. So with no witness available to testify against Sprague and Howe, they were released. They were never charged. Now, later, they became physicians.
1: <laughs> they did? So, did the, they turn their lives around? No, the theory okay. is that
4: the motive for the body snatching in that time, it was a uh, common practice for people to dig up graves and steal them and sell them to medical students or professors uh, to study uh, on their off time.
1: Right. Because <laughs> they, 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 they would made, pay
4: good money for that. They
1: made good money because I was just on. Um, Google to, to get my own fingerprinting. Yes, kit, <laughs> and that's going to set me back three hundred dollars, and that's three bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three bodies. I'd have to dig up three bodies to get that.
4: Yeah, so they were never charged with it. They became doctors. They were buried later, and they were had. They were like prominent, well-respected members of wow. society. It was never brought up again. Mm-hmm. Um, so with the body, the Medfield selectmen were paranoid that somebody was going to get dig up this specific body again. Mm -hmm. And they were not gonna have, they didn't care about the other bodies. They just cared about Ebenezer. (laughs) So they decided that the solution was to cut him up (laughs) into pieces, bury his torso, which was believed to contain the soul, at the intersection of South Street and Noon Hill Road because it's a crossroads, so they felt like it was Mm -hmm.
0: that So wait, his body is?
4: His torso is buried, on the intersection of South Street and Noon Hill Road.
1: Right. So if you're ever wow. there and you're like, why can't I ever catch a break here? It's because of Ebenezer.
4: Yeah.
2: Guys, can I make a prediction? hmm The police are going to be really busy on the night of Halloween this year because <laughs> people are going to be digging up Ebenezer. Yeah. Well, right.
4: they believed it was the crossroads of heaven and hell, so that's why they wanted the soul, the torso there. A lot
1: of people believe that.
4: Um, also, if you're a witch, you uh, bury your spell bags there because they're more likely to come true. But anyways, that's neither here hair there. Okay. <laughs> Um, wow. at
2: the corner of <laughs> noon hill and south street mm-hmm. oh uh
4: mason's head was dispatched to the field off south street next to stop river his arms and legs and other body parts were buried elsewhere around town in undisclosed locations so we still to this day do not know where those body parts have been buried wow um
1: i like the whole thinking of like we've got to protect this body let's chop it up and bury it
4: (laughs) but they didn't care about any other bodies well i guess later they they got like steel vaults and they like did stuff like that so it would be harder to dig up a body and steal well
1: you know in ebenezer's defense (laughs) i mean when you can give quotes like ebenezer can in the paper he's gonna get fans yeah
4: right people are are gonna want that and also at the trial of the body snatchers or
1: actually no, the trial of
4: Ebenezer, there was a Zadok Howe of Foxboro a Foxborough in Revolutionary War fame, who was the father of the eventual body snatcher on the jury. So that is also wow. interesting. Interesting. That is. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 an interesting case and there's you can visit these graves of the selectmen. Uh, Rob Gregg's article gives like a whole map and a cast of characters and what happened to them. And it's super interesting. Um, The chief judge that was in Ebenezer's trial was a signer of the Declaration of Independence. He was our state's first attorney general.
0: What Um, was his name?
4: His name was Robert Tree Payne. Wow. Yeah. So.
2: Treat right, Robert Treat. treat pain? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um,
1: that was very interesting because I feel like it had a lot of twists to it. You know what I mean? Like a really good CSI <laughs> episode. Yeah. Like you
2: think the guy getting hanged is the end of it? Nope. No. Nope. No. Nope. That's just nope.
1: the beginning. He doesn't love a good body snatching story. Guy getting <laughs> hanged that went wrong, <laughs> yeah. and then the body snatching. The murder itself was.
0: The, do you think that was premeditated, or is that a guy just saying, you know what? Enough. I just
4: thought it was interesting that they, a lot of people, so I do have quotes from townspeople about Ebenezer, <laughs> <laughs> what they thought of him. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesse Newell said, I think he possessed an odd disposition. Paul Fisher said, I have thought him rather strange, and odd kind of genius in some respects. I judged him from his continence. He seldom, if ever, proposed any conversation, and I believe he was never known to laugh.
2: Mm. <laughs> uh, I don't trust a person. Like Funny him. guy, but yeah. yeah.
1: I would be convicted of murder. (laughs) Wow. Yeah.
0: You know what I like about the holidays? It's the pop culture. It's the books. It's the movies. It's all that stuff that helps spread the spirit of the season, right? Well, when it comes to children's books, there's not many good books that are of the scary genre. It's unfortunate there's really not any I mean I feel like anybody can write a children's anybody what do you mean It's by not anybody? that hard Why don't you do it then? Uh, Erica, would you like to read this book?
1: Well first I think it's hilarious that you say that there aren't any good like Halloween children's books out there when so many people have made multi-million dollars on just scaring the pants off kids yeah,
0: but they're not good. they're uh, in my estimation the quality, it's quality
1: okay We're so what you're going to present quantity. to us is quality okay. this is what you think quality in is in my well,
4: librarian experience yes most of the halloween books are like cutesy like the little witch builds her house mm. or goes to school there's not like frightening children's stories all right the haunted house the haunted house another title page
2: there's a lot of title Se- pages second there.
4: title page the haunted house <laughs> One day I went into an old abandoned house and all of a sudden I heard a crash. I went to see what happened. I saw a green ghost throwing old dishes on the floor. I did a very dumb thing. I yelled, stop that. The green ghost came after me and grabbed my arm. I screamed, help me.
2: Wait, hang on. There's a green ghost throwing dishes on the floor.
4: It kind of looks like a Frisbee though. Is he doing disc golf? Mm -hmm. Well,
2: it kind of sounds a lot like Slimer and Ghostbusters. It looks like him too.
1: Also, those dishes don't look old. Was he
2: eating pizza and, and dropping the plates?
1: I'm concerned about
4: the nose on the yeah. child. Well, we're getting very
0: visual on an <laughs> okay, audio so, format, right. so... Moving on. Mm-hmm.
4: At that very moment, I saw another monster. It looked ugly with blood drooling from his mouth. It was green with pink polka-dotted skin. I thought it was going to save me. It grabbed the ghost and ate him. Then the monster began chasing me. I tripped over an old broomstick. I picked the broomstick up and hit the monster in the eye. That was the end of him.
0: Ooh, that's that's (laughs) good. That's a good good twist there.
4: Snakes started to wrap their bodies around my legs. Oh my, this house is scary. I picked up the broken broomstick again and started hitting them off my legs.
0: Our protagonist is brave. Right? I don't know. This book is lacking. What are you talking about? I feel
1: like at this point, this is where I'd be like, move on, because you're thinking, like, I get this now. Here's where we're at. But
4: wait. One was dead, but the other bit me in the leg.
0: Oh, God. This is.
4: It it hurt a lot.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. As, of course it would. It's a snake bite.
4: And then I saw a hawk with wings ten oh. feet long coming after me. Oh God! I tried to ends. I oh. tried to get under the table so that it couldn't get me, but I was too slow. Okay, stop.
1: Oh. I just have a question here. How did a hawk get into the home? Because I see that this clearly is a home. Well, it, it's dive bombing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but
2: it's got ten foot wings. How did it get through the door?
1: Also, it's very large. I feel like there's something wrong with that hawk. Well, how did the the
4: pink polka dotted monster get in? Maybe it, it, it got the whole fur of
1: the hawk going. That's
2: true. We did wait a little too long to concern ourselves with realism <laughs>
0: Yeah. plausibility. Right. right. Don't forget about those snakes.
1: You know what the shame of this whole thing is, is that if they had podcasts back then, you know what this kid would know? Is to call animal control officers. Yeah, right.
4: <laughs> ACO Cronin. Yeah. Notified.
2: Yeah.
4: Uh, it lifted me up to the ceiling and circled around the room many times. Then it dropped me into a very old sofa. <laughs> that, like... <laughs> Grandma's sofa this book was is it
2: such garbage?
0: Okay, wait hold on. What do you think he should have been dropped onto?
4: Well, first of all floor
0: Well, look what I what <laughs> would really hurt. This <laughs> is like children's book. We don't want to crack the kids head open I, but thought I you like said that. You that want... It's
2: like this spooky haunted house, and then it's called a sofa <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> What do You and, want to call it and everything sectional. everything <laughs> is
1: old It's no, not it should gem be like the uh,
2: It was dropped on the Victorian chaise lounge because women used to faint (laughs) all the time back then, yeah.
1: right. Or maybe some product placement, like it's dropped on the the sofa from Jordan's Furniture where we could get a delivery in less than three months. (laughs) (laughs) Zero financing. (laughs) All right.
4: Oh, we get into better writing a little bit. There's some similes. The hawk came after me like a bullet. Mm-hmm. I moved very quickly. It crashed into the, the couch. We switched to couch. Oh, man. So I ran out the door. I then woke up and found out that it was just a bad dream.
2: Oh, thank oh. gosh.
4: Oh, we pulled a Dallas. Oh. Oh. <laughs> right. I thought, oh, boy. <laughs> right, right. All right. That's and then it. it says the end. Can
2: we write, like, does it have a publisher's address on that book so we can write the author a note?
0: And there isn't, but there them?
4: there is an about-the-author blurb on the last page.
2: We
0: all know about Stephen King. All right, so let's move on to no, another no, section.
4: It says, little Ricky is eight years old. <laughs> he is in the third grade. Ricky likes sports, fishing, and camping. Oh, wow. He has a younger sister and brother. Their names are Jenny and Bobby. Ricky has a rabbit and several fish to take care of each day.
0: Erica, can you tell us anything <laughs> new about this um, haunted drive through that we have not already discussed previously? With Brett? Yeah. Uh, we had Brett on last week. I I, know. Had, I closed the show foolishly telling people it was on the 24th. <laughs> that is not the Hope case. Oh, they didn't
4: show up. <laughs> well, if you if you went, That's I mean, on it's, still, it's still spooky up there. Yeah, it
0: is. It sure is. So, um, Go back again, and <laughs> this time, hit it on the 30th. Yes, this and
4: that'll Friday. That would be even spookier. Yes, this Friday. Um, although, we recently checked the forecast, and there's snow.
0: Mm-hmm. That's awesome.
4: So, uh, we'll figure out what we're going to do. Uh, the Facebook event blew up. We mm-hmm. had 6,000 responses. That's amazing.
0: Wow. That's uh, amazing. 100- Folks, th- this town has 12,000 people in it.
4: And so, 130,000 people have seen the event. That's so,
1: incredible! Wow.
4: Yeah, I've uh, I've called in reinforcements. My half my friends are helping me with this, mm-hmm. and my lovely uh, partner Dylan is helping with uh, electricity and generators. And awesome. Uh, it's a it's it's been my life for the past month. So I'm I'm really excited about it, and I hope. Um, if it goes well, that we can do it yearly with Medfield TV, and instead of a drive-through after COVID, have an actual walkthrough, and maybe a zombie race, and just have yeah. it a whole, right. a whole big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're not allowed to do jump scares, because it's going to be cars drive. We don't want people to accidentally, you know, run into clip, another car, clip,
2: clip the zombie, clip mm-hmm. the,
4: clip mm-hmm. anybody, or run into another car. So I mean,
1: but wouldn't that be great if you like if you had your kids in the car and there was a zombie and he like like banged on the window was like I wish remember to pay attention to remote learning ah. <laughs> I, I so wish we could do that but. brush your teeth in the morning and yeah. before you
0: go to bed remember <laughs> to <the floor. laughs>
1: eat your vegetables and listen to your mom
0: Don't Uh, get kitchen tattoos.
2: Don't.
4: Do not get the kitchen
0: tattoos. Don't abuse your screen time. It'll rot your brain.
1: Don't Uh, keep doing bits in a podcast (laughs) that don't (laughs) work. Park Street Books. Explore the vast creative play selection at Park Street Books, from arts and crafts to building toys and games. When they say they have a little bit of everything, they mean everything, including owl puke. Yeah. Owl puke. That's what I said. You can literally buy your kid owl puke. So they can take it home and dissect it to learn what the owl had for dinner right by your side as you make your family dinner. Better yet, give the owl puke to your next kid hosting a birthday party. I am botching this up, but let's just keep going, you guys, because it's about owl puke, so I have your attention. What's the best part? Park Street Books will wrap your gifts at no charge. Visit them on Main Street and Medfield or online, parkstreetbooks.com. They're so creative, it's scary.
0: Mario's Lawn Care has been serving Benfield for 35 years, so you can trust them when it comes to lawn and garden maintenance. Right now, Mario says the deer are foraging. Hemlock, arborvitae, and rhododendron are just some of the favorite food sources, so be sure to wrap your plants and trees with deer netting or burlap. Of course, if you don't have the time, you can always call Mario's Lawn Care, and they'll get you buttoned up for the season. Mike has a note here that we're going to call a woman named Julie. I don't have Julie's last name, and we don't know where Julie works, but we know that she knows a lot about ghosts. Yeah. What else can you tell us about this Julie character?
2: Not a lot. She was kind of thrown into my lap, figuratively, um, Mm -hmm. on Saturday. Um, Allie said, I've got the perfect person for you. Yep. Wait till you talk to Julie. So even I don't know exactly what she's going to provide us. Mm -hmm. But based on the little bit that Allie told me, I said, we need her on this show.
0: Okay. So if she can tell us a ghost story, that's great. All right.
2: Hi, this is Julie. Hi, Julie. This is Mike.
6: Hi, Mike. How are you?
2: I'm great. How are you?
6: I am doing great.
2: Real quick. Can I get your last name real quick?
6: Sure, it's Menard.
2: You used to work at uh, the House of Seven Gables, right?
6: I did, yeah.
2: Allie told me you had a ghost story to share. And then when I reached I, out uh, to you, you were like, which one yeah. do you want to hear? Um,
6: um, yeah, I have many.
2: Okay, so do you want to tell one either that has like a bizarre twist at the end or like a favorite one or the creepiest one? Um, I think you had mentioned you had one that was fairly recent.
6: So my husband runs um, a paranormal group out of PBD here. And so with COVID, um, they haven't been able to go do like residential cases. Um, But there have been some commercial locations that they have been able to go into and investigate. So last Saturday, the team went and I tagged along. My husband and I were up on the third floor and... There's this like room upstairs that has all these dolls in it. So that in and of itself is just creepy.
2: Yeah, I already went
6: Um left. So we're doing an EVP session and, you know, my husband and I are talking and, and he had said, you know, if you, you know, you can jump on the bed. He has all of his equipment on the bed. You know, you can jump on the bed. You can touch any of the equipment. The equipment will make noise. And in the recording, you can hear him say, um, you can jump on the bed. And after that, I jokingly say, oh, well, that's cool. Because like jumping on the bed is like very much a child's thing. And directly after I say, oh, that's cool. Very clearly on the EVP, you can hear what? And I'm like, uh, that was not me and that was not you. And that is really very terrifying to me. And then when we were in that same room, um, I heard footsteps right outside the door. And so I was like, oh, that's going to be the other duo. They must be coming up to the third floor as well. And it literally sounded like the door, the footsteps were directly outside the door close enough that if you open the door, you are going to see the two people standing there. And we were going to say hi, they were going to continue on their way and we were going to finish what we were doing. But my husband opens the door and there's nobody standing there. I tried to radio um, to find out where they were. It turns out they were in the other house.
2: I actually wanted to ask, is it EBP? What does that stand for?
6: Yeah, so EBP is electronic voice phenomena. So basically, um, oh, EVP. again, this is all my, EVP, yeah. So electronic voice um, phenomena. Um, and And it has to do with like when you record your voice Sometimes
0: you will hear things come back on the recording that you didn't hear while you were there, Julie. Um, yeah. This is Rick. Uh, hi, Rick. Hi, um, Mike. Didn't introduce anyone else in this room. I don't know if you knew you were talking to. I'm sorry. Four I did. people.
6: Hi, guys. Yeah. Hi, so, everyone. so as
0: the host of the show, I'm going to pick up where um, Mike dropped the ball and say that <laughs> there's That's me. Okay. I'm Rick Fank Jr. I. This, this is my show here. With Mike right. and also Kathy Ferris. Hi, Kathy. And then we have the biggest fan of Halloween, Erica Cody. Uh, have you ever seen a ghost?
6: I have not.
0: As your personally,
6: husband? I don't believe he's ever seen like a full body apparition, but definitely have seen like shadows and things. Can I tell you um, what I've seen? The- Sure. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I lived in a house that was haunted. I saw a apparition, if you will, three times, but never face to face. It was always a, a reflection through, um, you know, off of a window or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The first, the first time I saw it, it was it looked like a big plume of smoke if someone had just blown out a cigar. Yeah. And um, that was directly behind me, and I saw it in a reflection in a, in a window ahead of me. I turned around, yeah. it wasn't there. Another time, it grabbed me. And another time it was <clears throat> Where did you're like, it Get it touch you like
6: your hands off <laughs> me? Can you show on the dog Yeah. <laughs> well, I, mean, I was gonna ask, did you like pee your pants when you saw these things? Because I probably would have.
0: Well, the first time I got grabbed, that was actually little... sorry. Sorry to jump
2: in. <laughs> Julie, we already established on this episode that I'm the one that peed their pants. Uh, okay. In the past. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: Actually when, when the ghost <laughs> grabbed me, I was uh, slightly aroused by it.
6: I mean, I, that happens when ghosts touch you in your sexy place,
2: so I yeah. get it. I get I mean, it. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd had that happen as well. So. That's right.
6: I right. mean, I hey, what is time to be alive.
0: Yeah, Dan Aykroyd got to third base with a ghost. I just got slightly me-tooed. Yeah. <laughs>
1: me-tooed.
0: <laughs> no, it grabbed me by, uh, I was wearing a sweatshirt, it grabbed the sleeve, and it, it yanked me, and um, that was pretty outrageous. Another time I saw it, it looked like an, a light-absorbing kind of silhouette.
4: She doesn't care. She, doesn't she doesn't care. Care. <laughs> That's what she thinks of your ghost story.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, that was Julie Menard. Do we call uh, her back? No. No, she hung up on us. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, wh-
2: she just said, lost you. Yeah.
6: Oh.
2: Hey, Julie. Sorry about that. I don't know what No, happened. it's
6: totally fine. I was like, user error? I
2: don't know. Um, well, we record in Rick's basement, so it's entirely possible that we just lost service for a minute. Fair.
6: Been there. Been there. Um, I want to hear about the third ghost that he thought.
0: Yeah, so um, let's see. I saw it. Oh, I guess there's three. That
2: was the light-absorbing one? You were yeah, it was
0: three, three encounters, I should say. I didn't see it at yeah. the time it grabbed me. But you know what's interesting is um, it happened over the course of the first month that we moved into this rental unit. It was a house, mm-hmm. a duplex. And I went to the neighbor on the other side of the house, and I said, and I was kind of hemming and hawing because I didn't know how to – Approached the subject with a relatively new neighbor, and uh, he he just helped me find my words. And he said, "You saw her, didn't you?" And I was like, "Whoa, whoa, what no, do you I, mean?" He's like, "Yeah, my uh, wife. Wa- y- you saw a ghost, and uh, my wife has seen the ghost at the end of our bed, and my daughter's seen the ghost walk around the kitchen. I've never nope. seen her, but no, nope. um, yeah." So my husband is actually done with the baby now. So, honey, have you
6: actually seen a ghost? Have I
0: no? Have I been caught? Okay, so I'm going to speak on behalf of this skeptic because a lot of people, a lot of people, nobody believes in ghosts unless they've seen them, right? Like I've been touched by a ghost kind of like, and then I've, uh, I've seen them. I know where, where I stand on ghosts, but there's a lot of people that don't believe in them. And, and you know what? These shows, these ghost hunting TV shows do no service to what you people do because I've seen the show a million times just like I've seen Where's Bigfoot a million times. And guess what? We never see the ghost. We never see Bigfoot. And it's so fr- fo- it's so frustrating. There's always, we heard something. We saw something move. Of it's unexplainable. It was,
6: yeah, it's conveniently the eyewitness was like, I saw a full body apparition. I'm like, well, can you give me... Snapshot of what that person looked like, can we have a nonstop feed going so I can also see this apparition as well? Totally. Like, like yeah.
0: your fifty cameras yeah. didn't catch it, but your but your your key grip caught it when he went to the bathroom. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Hey, I have a question. Um the house that I lived in, it was in Dover, New Hampshire. There were it was abutting a church with three gravestones of three yeah. daughters that died year after year after year. Um, Ooh, um which was pretty common back then. There were like eight, nine 12 or something but wow <clears throat> um i remember going down into the basement one time and it was a dirt floor with big granite block foundation and i immediately felt uncomfortable uh, mm-hmm. like I needed to, like some, something or someone was in my personal space and, and mm-hmm. you know, like trying to move around, try to, it, it, it stuck to you. It was like a shadow on me. It felt yeah. extremely uncomfortable and I was really scared and I got out with no reason to be scared other than just intuition, I suppose.
6: It's feel creepy.
0: Yeah. And someone I was telling the story to asked me if I had a stone foundation and I said, yes. Do you hear anything about stone foundations holding onto energies or memories or any sort of...
5: I assume so because... Just like houses that, like someone passed away in, or someone committed suicide, or uh, there was a fire. So all those ma- All those.
6: All that energy has to go All better. that energy
5: gets trapped inside the walls. So I assume, same same way with foundations and stones and.
6: All that jazz, Yeah, I haven't specifically heard of that, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. Well, yeah.
0: I saw. I, mm, I just did that again. This is the second time today my voice cracked. You're like, hello. I'm going through puberty. Yeah.
2: No, when he did it earlier, he sounded like uh, Michael J. Fox. He kind of did the, (laughs) and then shrugged it off the way Michael J. Fox used to do in the 80s.
0: Yeah, this was more of a uh, (laughs) Peter Brady I just did. Um, What was my point? I was going to say, oh, I exercised this thing, if I'm using the appropriate term. I got it out of the house.
1: How did you get it out? Yeah.
0: No, this is what I did. Um, Get out. I came home one night from uh, partying, and I came home, and I remember I was getting undressed, And Uh,
2: that would get rid of me.
0: No, I remember it was like, it was summertime it was hot. I was going to take a shower. Anyway, are you sitting down ladies? I got naked. Okay. So here I am. So this is what I did to get rid of this ghost. I was going to get in the shower and you know, I came home, I got undressed and I'm thinking, you know what? This, this ghost is really annoying. I'm going to tell it that it's dead. I'm going to, and so I talked to it. I said, Hi. You're in this house with us, and uh, I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but you're deceased. You do not live anymore, so you should probably consider moving on. I don't know where that is, and you're welcome to stay here, but maybe, practical <laughs> maybe you just stop making your presence known, and we'll all be cool. And from that moment forward, never saw it, heard it, or it never felt me up again, unfortunately. Wow. Oh. There's so much you can do. You can tell the spirit yeah. or entity, this is my house you have to leave. Um, yeah. you can see. What is it about sage? I mean, it's not basil or oregano. Yeah. So what is it about I, sage?
5: I don't know. I don't use it too much. It's just what you do.
0: Mark, would you if you realized what would you do the second you realize that the house that you're investigating is possessed with demonic spirits?
5: Uh, Julie will probably be like, you're not coming home tonight.
6: But, probably. I'd be like, you're not coming home until you're um, that nothing followed you.
5: We have to treat it like every other case that we deal with. Help the clients. They're our number one priority. If I have to bring in new, more experts to help us, we can do that also. I can, I can pick up the phone and reach out to probably 10 different investigators right now.
1: Julia, Mark, am, so say, say a client called you and said, I don't know, like, I have this bad vibe in my house. I don't know if it's my kids or my marriage, but I might think that my house is haunted. <laughs> like, How much does that cost somebody to, for you to come in and see if there is something happening?
5: Uh, we do not charge at all. We're a volunteer group.
1: You're a volunteer group? Wow. Yep. What percentage do you go out in that there's just nothing there?
5: Eventually, you start filling the room out and knowing, um, yeah, I'm not getting anything. Okay, I gotta, I'm got. i
0: going to ask you guys, uh, Julie and Mark, last question. What is yeah. the scariest movie ever made? Scariest your,
6: movie ever made?
0: Yeah, ghost movie, ghost-ish. I
6: was going to say, I've seen, I've seen some bad movies. Can we consider that that's a, a, a
0: scary movie? Um, I don't
5: really watch ghost movies. I do. I watch Poltergeist, uh, and I
0: laugh. Which one? Poltergeist, the new one. Oh, I saw the first one, and I laughed the... Uh, Honestly, the animatronics th- are pretty foolish looking. Scary movies are scare me. One is 13 Ghosts. Okay. And then uh, I would probably Conjuring. The Conjuring. So you think yep. 13 Ghosts and The Conjuring, if you're listening. and uh, want- With 13
2: Ghosts, are we talking <laughs> the original one from uh, like 1960 something or are we talking the, the
5: 2000,
6: 2001 one? Uh, 2001. Okay. I think my scariest movie is The Exorcist. That's horrifying. Well, they're
5: remaking it, so. Well, it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I but really
4: like I... Session Nine, which was filmed entirely in Danvers nope. State Hospital. That's right. That f- that one freaked me out. It had a really good app, and then the documentary on the extras, like, there was some stuff that happened to the, the crew and the actors. Yeah.
6: That was uh, kind of freaky. Nope.
0: Nope. I don't know how old you guys are, but when I was a kid, there was a movie called Three Men and a Baby, <laughs> and there was a scene <laughs> in it the where, works. like, it, pan, the, the, <laughs> it pans across the apartment or the penthouse apartment left to right and there was a silhouette in the window and then the continuing shot pans back and it's not there and everyone thought it was. Uh,
6: yeah, it wasn't it Ted Dan- Like a, a life-size cut out of Ted Danson Yeah, or some kind of
0: promotional piece, but I'm not buying that theory because <laughs> who's just standing I- around with marketing material on set while the film is being made, Ted set it down and then pick it up all within a couple I, seconds. It's just, there's something very, I, I would consider it an open case and maybe the New England I, Paranormal Society should investigate that. Hey, Mark yeah. and Julie, thank you very much. It was an interesting uh, so conversation nice we had. So <laughs> Lewis Tully, what do you think of uh, Mark and Julie with the New England Paranormal Society? You think that they're the real ghostbusters?
3: No, I know the real ghostbusters. They're really great guys. Mark and Julie didn't say anything about uh, busting ghosts or anything. They're mostly just talking about trying to see them and hear what they have to say in their little... What do they call those things? The EVPs? Yeah, in the electronic voice phenomena. Uh, we uh, uh, The Ghostbusters that I know, they're more interested in, in putting an end to the ghosts, so I wouldn't really say that they're at all uh, like my friends.
2: Okay, so this is one of the oh, um, right. EVPs that was sent to us from Julie and Mark. Um, And they said to listen closely for only demons.
0: Can anybody hear me right now? What did he say? Did I you don't hear know. That? I didn't hear it.
1: I I heard order dominoes.
2: Let's try it again.
0: Can anybody hear me right now? I think you said you left your lights on.
2: No, I kind of agree with Kathy. I almost hey, heard Domino's.
4: I heard Domino's. But I feel
2: like this is that purple shoe or gray shoe or the dress. The blue we, dress. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't think like I have an ear for that, this? Once Kathy said order Domino's, I almost in heard
1: Indiana. it. Okay. Thank you, Eric. Let's <laughs> hear right, another one. Well,
2: so that was the first one. Let's see. Uh, in the second clip, right after I say, ooh, fun, you will hear a faint what?
6: Or <laughs>
0: yeah i heard that
2: what yeah and that one i did definitely hear it
1: yeah it did but and i don't want to be a sep- get out, sceptic out of here. It did sounded- you guys just hear something it sounded like mark i said
0: get the <laughs> fuck out of the house <laughs> what <laughs> All right, well, that's going to do it for our first holiday special. Thank you, Mike, for producing that. I think
1: it's just great that we're able to kind of keep this thing together, that we're on episode three and that we're keeping this going. That's what's scary. That is scary. That's what's scary.
0: Erica, great to have you in here. (laughs) Can't wait to uh, go to the Haunted Drive-Thru happening Friday, October 30th.
4: Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure as always.
2: Alright,
0: for Rick Fink Jr.,
2: Kathy Ferris, Louis Tully, and our lovely guest Erica Cody, we wish you all a happy Halloween, and stay safe out there. Boo!
0: That wraps up another episode of Small Town Scuttlebutt, the only podcast that reacts to the overreaction of other people reacting to small town problems. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend about us. Small Town Scuttlebutt is released every Thursday wherever great podcasts are downloaded. Interact with the show and send your comments, videos, and voice memos to grievances at smalltownscuttlebot.com. Our standards are low, so feel confident your correspondence will be seen and addressed on a
2: future show. Rick Fink Jr., Mike Page, and Kathy Ferris are represented by the Bravo
0: Talent Group. Get in touch with the show by sending your email to Leanne Bravo at smalltownscuttlebutt.com. Special thanks to our sponsors and listeners like you. And again, don't forget to tell your friends about Small Town Scuttlebutt.